This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, I have got an electric guest for you from outside our industry, which means it's going to be an awesome episode. I want everybody to meet my friend, Rod. Rod, what's going on, man? Hey, David. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Let's have some fun today, brother. Absolutely. And help me out because I purposely dodged pronouncing your last uh, name. My last name's Cleef. My last name exactly is Cleef. Yeah. That's exactly what I would have said. So. <laughs> I didn't do my housekeeping properly before we uh, we launched. But listen, you have we're going to break this podcast down into a couple of different segments. Um, Mm -hmm. One, I want people to hear your story. That's what I originally read that said, you know what? I need to have this guy on the podcast. But then there's another part of that. Mm -hmm. And that is that a lot of people in our industry, in the insurance industry, work really hard, make really good money on their income statement but their balance sheet suffers because they don't Mm -hmm. know what to do with it to build their asset base after that. And I know you've got some tried and true methods for building passive income through multifamily, a real estate investment and other things. And I want to talk about that a little bit as well, because I think there's some things there that people can pick up on that they want to go down that road. They can learn from you. So I'm going to turn it over to you. You know, I want, I want to hear your story, man. So just everybody kind of, how you Sounds got to good. where you're at? Because it's been a bumpy road. From it's what a I painful. Hear. It's a painful story. I will tell you, but uh, it's got ups and downs. Uh, and uh, and then yeah, then let's talk about let's talk about investment because uh, you know right now with inflation, good God, they're saying it's seven and a half percent. So basically, you, uh, you got a hundred grand in the bank, you're losing seventy five hundred this year. It's like holy cow. And that I think that's underestimating it. It's painful. I've got I'm actually in a lot of cash right now because I think at some point there'll be a contraction in this market and. Cash is king when that happens, but well, so let, so let me go back. I'm going to go way back because I think it'll add value and 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 hopefully inspire uh, you know some some of your listeners. So I immigrated to this country when I was six years old. I was actually born in the Netherlands in Holland. Uh, you know, wooden shoes, windmills, and we uh, I came over with my brother Albert, my mother's Vancha, and uh, we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we didn't have much. In fact. Uh, I remember we ate expired food. We went to an expired food store, which they had back then. We, I drank powdered milk with my cereal in the morning because uh, we couldn't afford real milk. And I tell you, it sounds better than it is. And, uh, 
you know, I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I uh, can truthfully lied about my age at uh, Burger King and got a job when I was 14. So I got to buy my own clothes and then ultimately buy a car, which I wanted, of course, at that age. But, you know, I'm sure you've got listeners that had it harder than than I did or maybe have it harder now. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And she became actually a bit of an entrepreneur with that babysitting money. She uh, invested in the stock market successfully. And she also invested in real estate. Well, my her first real estate acquisition was the house right across the street from where we lived. And uh, she paid about $30,000 for it. Now, this is 1974. And uh, a few years later, so a couple of years later, actually told me, actually it was 75, a couple of years later, she told me that she'd made $20,000 in her sleep. And I'm like, what? You made 20 grand and you didn't do anything? I'm screw college, mom. I'm getting into real estate. So I went out and got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18, which you could do back then with education. Now they got smart in pretty every state, pretty much every state. You need some experience to be a broker. But I was a broker. I could have my own office right when I turned 18. Well, my first year in real estate, I made about eight grand. My second year, maybe 10 grand. But my third year, I made over $100,000, which back in 1980 was pretty good change for a punk kid. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10X my income? Well, what happened, and, and I think this is where I can add some value to your listeners, what happened was I met a guy that taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology. I really 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that mindset and psychology. It doesn't matter what the vehicle is, whether it's insurance sales, whether it's multifamily real estate, which is what I do and teach, or it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it's It's it, you know, if it was just the knowledge, there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians and college professors out there. It's the do and it's the keep doing and it's to get your butt back up when you get your nose bloody, as we all do in this business. And, you know, in the insurance business as well, you know, you get a lot of rejection. You got to deal with that. And so, you know, fast forward to today, I've owned a couple thousand houses that I rented long term. I've also owned thousands of apartment units. In 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you're like, wow. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I got a head so freaking big that you could barely fit it through a door. I thought it was a real estate god. And, you know, if you do the math on this, like $8,300 an hour over a 40-hour work week for the year. And, of course, I did. And like I said, I was insufferable. And, you know, when that happens, sometimes God or the universe will give you a nice little smackdown. Well, that was 2008. I lost that $17 million, a lot more. I lost $50 million in 2008. I don't call them failures. I call them seminars. It's only a failure if you don't get back up, but it was a pretty painful seminar. And so I'm known for, you know, I've got a podcast called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. And I'm blessed to say we just broke 12 million downloads. It's the largest commercial real estate podcast, I think, in the world now. But, uh, and I'm known for teaching people about mindset and psychology. In fact, I do clips every week that are they're five minute clips and it doesn't even matter if you're interested in real estate or not. They're just motivational clips. So I would encourage you, you know, if you want to get juiced once a week, I've got hundreds of them on there, but uh, like I say, they're five minutes and they're called own your power about owning your power. You know, people don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. And, you know, and these things really make you feel. I play music with them. They're really quite good. I'm proud of them. But, you know, I, I, I teach people, you know, or tell my story about, you know, how I had the, the mindset to have 50 million to lose and then how I got back to the success that I have today. So I'm happy to drill down on that with you, David, if you'd like, and just drill down on some of those strategies a little bit. Absolutely, man. You got me okay. on the edge of my seat. All right. All right. Well, the first thing is, 
you've got to know what it is you want and why you want it. So if you come to one of my boot camps, so I teach, you know, thousands of people a year. Uh, I don't sell anything at my events. I just teach people how to buy multifamily. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, I really, I don't think I've ever had a complaint other than in my live events that the food sucked or the room was too cold and my virtual <laughs> events. I do, I do 15 minute breaks every few hours and they bitch about the breaks, but I tr- trust me, they're harder on me. But, but the point is, one of the first things we do at these events is this goal setting workshop on steroids. Okay. And because how do you get anything if you don't know what it is? Right. And you have to, and you have to have what Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich calls a burning desire. You got to want it because, you know, we've all got limiting beliefs or fears or, or maybe we're comfortable and the comfort zone's a warm place and we all know nothing freaking grows there. Right. So, you know, you got to get a little uncomfortable to make things happen. And so, you know, you've got to have that burning desire. And, and like I said, I spent about an hour and 20 minutes on it, but let me take five minutes and describe the process. Now, by the way, if you DM me on any social channel, they've even got me on freaking TikTok now, DM me on any social channel, I will send you a link to the, I did this on January 1st on my Rod Cleef official Facebook page where I did it with music. It was professionally done. You get a guide, goal setting guide. So I, I took people through this goal setting process. If you DM me in, on any social channel, I'll get you the link and you can, and, and you can, and I'll guide you through this, which by the way, is something awesome to do. If you've got teenage kids, have them do it, have your spouse do it. So, you know, everybody gets aligned on what they want, but let me describe it real quick. So what you want to do is you want to pick an hour when you have a lot of energy. So you make sure you're well hydrated. You don't do it right after a meal and just sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. All the stuff, the houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, whatever it is, whatever, uh, there's nothing wrong with stuff. Just whatever it is, you write that down, the jewelry, the clothes, um, and, and not just the New Year's resolutions that are forgotten by February, but everything that you could want in your entire lifetime. How much cash flow do you want from your investments, say in three years, in 10 years? How much money do you want in the bank for your, in case that you know what hits the fan fund in say three years or 10 years, you know, write that down, you know, uh, write down all the things that you want to do as well. Places you want to go. I've got vision boards for vacation, you know, places I've been or, and want to go again or places I haven't been, you know, write all that stuff down. Where do you want to go? All the things you want to do as well. Uh, like I say, uh, I've got a friend that's um, climbing every mountain over 14,000 feet, you know, bucket list items. Uh, a few years ago, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. I'll never freaking do it again, but it's off the list, that kind of stuff. Okay, write that stuff down. Um, and so you've got the things you want to do, the things you want to have, then also write down everything you want to learn in this lifetime. You know, you want to learn a foreign language, write that down. You want to learn multifamily, for God's sakes, come see me. But whatever it is, a skill set, whatever it is, write that down. Then lastly, write down who you're going to help. Uh, we'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. And again, this is the fuel. This is to get you to, you know, get past those setbacks, to get you to, you know, get juiced and grind for a few years like most people won't so you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. This is that fuel. So write down who you're going to help. Like I bought my parents a house here in Florida when my dad was alive, bought them a car, took them on cruises. Who do you want to do things for? Write that down. And then if you're analytical, which I'm sure a lot of you are, if you're in the insurance business, you're, you're, you're crunching numbers all day long, don't stop and analyze your answers. You can always scratch them out later. Just keep writing. Don't let the pen leave the paper. Everything 
everything you want to do, be, or have, you write it down. See, people spend more time planning a freaking Christmas party or birthday party than they do designing their lives, okay? And this is designing your life. So write down all those things. Once you can't think of another thing, just a couple more steps. I want you to put a time limit on each goal, how long you think it's going to take you to achieve it. So put a five, a 10, even a, like years. Okay, this is years, a one, a five, a 10, even a 20, okay? realizing that we will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10, or 20 years. Now, I'm going to give you an example of that. I want to preframe this by saying I'm not bragging. I just want to inspire you to what's possible using this methodology, okay? So, when I was 18, I knew I wanted to live on the beach. I just knew it. And there's no beach in Denver, obviously. So I would visualize the palm trees and the sand and the, and the beach and, you know, and all that, the surf. 20 years later, I built this $8 million, 10,000 square foot mansion on the beach. I'm on the beach on one side and I had my boats on the backside. It's on Casey Key. You say you were just down here in Venice. It's the key just north of where you were on the beach there. And, you know, it was a slice through the island. But see, the reason I bring that up is that was unthinkable when I was 18. So again, don't limit yourself. You take the lid off your brain when you're doing these goals. If, you know, there's nothing you can't do, be, or have. I mean, look at Elon Musk, for example. Good God, $3 billion startups. Okay. No, there's nothing you can't do in this world. World if you set your mind to it. All right. I'll Once tell you, you what, a, I say yeah. it, I say it all the time. You're going to yeah. earn in the denominations you're willing to think in period. That's it. End That's of it. story. That's and it. I think that the number one thing that keeps people from gaining massive success, whether it be financially or as a parent or whatever it is, is your inability to think bigger than you've ever thought before and then push yourself to get there. I do have a question for you when people are going through and they're just blitzing all of these hopes, dreams, goals, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yep. Anytime I visualize and I, I visualize a lot. I'm a mm -hmm. dreamer. I, I yep. you know, I, I, everything you just said, I already, I do that. I Fantastic. subscribe to that. You know, mm -hmm. I knew that when I got to a million dollar book of business in terms of revenue for me as a person is, as, as an individual producer that I was going to buy myself a hundredth anniversary Cartier Roadster watch with an alligator band that was the royal blue of my company. I yep. think about and visualize things that specifically. How right. important is it for you to be specific in what it is you're lining out for your goals? And critical. Your it's critical to be because I, you know, I can see people say, oh, I just want to take a nice vacation. Great. No, no, I no, take no, a nice no. vacation in the Maldives. No, specifically in that. a bungalow, you know, yeah, specifically not, in a bungalow for X number of days with a butler that's bringing me, a, you know, I can keep by going. January 1st. Okay. Exactly. So and I mean, put a deadline precise, on it. measurable. Yeah, no, no. Very specific and measurable. And thank you for reminding me that, that I didn't mention that your goals have to be specific and measurable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, when I saw the movie, the secret, if you have never seen the movie, the secret or read the book, it was like, holy crap, that's what I've been doing for decades. I've given away thousands of copies of that movie. Movie. Now, there's one failing in that movie. They tell you, you know, to manifest, to visualize and manifest this, but you actually have to take action too. And that they fail to mention that in the movie. But, but you've used it in your life. You know, I've used it in my life. I've got vision boards behind my green screen here. You can kind of see them behind my recliner there on the floor. I've got uh, pictures there of things that I want. I've got vision boards for each specific thing that I'm doing. Uh, but, and I'll talk about that a little more in just a second. But so you've got your goals listed. You need to pick your number one goal. And if there's a couple that are equally exciting, it won't matter for, for this exercise, but pick your, you mean that goal, when you get it, you're like, oh my God, you know, you've arrived. Pick that goal. 
put that down. Then pick your top three one-year goals. You got four goals and leave room in between them because you're going to write something underneath each goal. So you've got four goals, your number one goal and your top three one-year goals. At this point, you're ahead of 99.9% of the people on the planet that, like I said, will do New Year's resolutions forgotten historically, statistically by about the middle of February, it's gone. Okay. So you're already ahead of 99.9% of the people on the planet, but there's a couple more quick steps. You need to write under each one of those goals why it's an absolute freaking must for you to achieve it. And here's the key. Use emotionally charged words. Words are incredibly powerful. Words like beautiful and amazing and incredible. So you might say, so I can show my kids what incredible abundance looks like. So I can show my wife what it means to, or husband to, to what, what uh, you know, unbelievable freedom we can have um, so that, you know, we can have that freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want, you know, whatever's going to juice you, write that down under each one of those goals. Cause it's the why that's going to drive you. Once you've got that done, take it one little step further and put some pain in there if you don't achieve it. And I mean, make it hurt. So I don't feel like a failure, you know, if you don't achieve the goal. So I don't, you know, fail my kids. So I don't fail my wife, you know, so, you know, I don't live a life of regret. See, David, there was this nurse in Australia um, named Bronnie Ware. She was a hospice nurse. So of course she was taking care of patients when they were about to, you know, about to pass. And she asked him a question. And the question was, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? Not living, not living my own life, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of a worse fate than that. So, you know, if you're afraid of failure, by God, please fear regret much more than failure. We fail our way to success. You know, like I talked about my $50 million seminar, you know, I've built 27 businesses. Several have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Most have been spectacular flaming seminars. Okay. But, but uh, you know, that it, we're entrepreneurs and, 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 you know, those of you listening, you're entrepreneurs, if you're in this business and, you know, we're like a shark, we only die if we stop swimming. So you got to keep swimming. Right. And so anyway, so you've got you've got your 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 goals and your whys and you have to get pictures of your goals. I'll give you some examples of this and or, and, or make declarations. Great example is Jim Carrey, the actor, the, the comedian. When he was flat broke, he wrote himself a check for ten million dollars. Uh, for those of you millennials, a check is something we used to use to write to pay for things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so wrote himself a check for 10 million. He'd go up by the Hollywood sign. He'd visualize cashing it. That's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. I'll give you a more recent example. Demi Lovato, the singer, when she was unknown, posted on social media, one day I'm going to sing the national anthem at the at the Super Bowl. A couple of Super Bowls ago, go see, go see who sang it. Um, I'll give you personal examples for me. When I was 18, you know, I got my real estate license, broker's license, and I was going to, you know, show people houses. So I got this bone ugly Ford Granada piece of crap bench seat in the front, just a real, you know what, anyway. And, and, but I, I worked for a guy, the, guy, the first guy that taught me about mindset and psychology, I dated his daughter and I worked for him and he had a couple of Corvettes and he let me drive one. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. So I got a picture of a Corvette out of a magazine. It's way before the internet. And I put it on the visor of that bone ugly Granada. So every time I sat in there, it was right in front of my face. Within a year or two, I had a beautiful red Corvette. A couple more quick examples. Again, pre-frame, I'm not bragging. This stuff doesn't even interest me anymore, but I want to, you know, replace what my examples with whatever it is you want. This is back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. Okay. There was an actor named Tom Selleck. He was a detective, I think, in Hawaii, and he had this Ferrari 308. And I thought that was the first time I ever saw an exotic. I thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw. And so I got a picture of that actual car put on the visor of my Corvette within a year or two out of Maserati looked just like it. 
Last example. I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini. I had the posters in my room with the girls washing them and they'll yell that when I've grown up. And, and I, and what's interesting is my son collected models of exotic cars. He had about 30, you know, the Ferraris and the McLarens and Porsches and, but he had a model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting, which I wrecked. But anyway, get pictures. In fact, I'll show you something. Do you put these on Facebook? I mean, on YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube? Absolutely. Okay. This is my planner. Okay. It's on today. In the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years. Okay. Is, is that an old Franklin planner? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is a Franklin plan. It was, it was a daytimer, dude. This, this Franklin took over daytimer. So it was a daytimer initially. Okay. But anyway, these pictures have been in here for 20 years. Now, these first pictures, you'll see are my kids. Look at that. There is. You got yours hanging. Awesome. But but see, these, these, these pictures are my gratitude pictures. My kids are now 30 and 26. These are when they were young. Guys, everything you want in life starts from a foundation of gratitude. Okay? So, that's how you manifest this stuff. You do it through gratitude. It can be prayer, whatever. Thank you, God, or just thank you. But so, you, these are my gratitude pictures. But then I've got pictures of the things that I wanted. What's interesting is I lost that, that house on the beach and all the craziness, but it looked just like this freaking picture. I had 10 foot high glass, travertine floors, just like that. Now I live in a compound. I've got six buildings. I've got a big main house, beautiful guest house on the water, a media building where I do my, my online video stuff. I had to go online with uh, COVID and everything. And because God's got a sense of humor, I can see my old house across the bay. It's literally right across <laughs> the bay from where I live here. But what's cool is Look at the pictures there. You see those white walls and those two pictures at the bottom, those white stone walls? That's my backyard. See the white stone wall? Is that freaking crazy? It's like 20 years ago. It's just like the view that I had in these pictures. And then I've got, you know, stupid shit like watches. I got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches myself. It's, you know, again, dumb stuff. But then here's the Lamborghini before I ever got it. Okay. Pictures. Rolls Royce, Bentley. Again, stuff that I got because I had pictures. So that's the last piece. Get pictures. They freaking work. Um, and I do vision boards as well, as, as we mentioned, it sounds like you're, you're a subscriber as well. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I think that you have to be very specific in what it is that your, your dreams, your hopes and dreams are. Right. I think that you, you definitely have to put deadlines there. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, the hardest thing for people to do most of the time is actually see that that it, number one, if they can see that it's achievable, it's getting started, right? Yeah. We can, we spend so much time, we get analysis, uh, paralysis from analysis of just thinking through all of these things. And for me, it's always been, I, I've never, I've never sat down and come up with a laundry list, like in an hour, like what you're talking about. So I'm definitely going to do that and go through that exercise but I know, I know what my goals are. I know yeah. what, I know what the stuff is. Right. And I think that society is sort of bifurcated in their thought process on this. I don't think there's anything wrong with stuff, right? I don't not. think there's anything no, wrong with, no. with, with actually rewarding yourself with something material that becomes a monument to the success that you've had and the hard work that you've put in to get there. I think that well, if all you, let, let me, sorry to interrupt. Let me add a caveat. Let me add a caveat. And, 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 you know, the, the, I, the, you know, the, the Bible talks about this, but it's that love of money. That's the issue. 100%. It, but, but if you're doing it to add value to, to make the world a better place, in fact, 
let me let me if you don't mind before we move on to the other thing i'd like to share one other thing i'm sorry i interrupted you buddy i i, I no, you're good go ahead okay all right roll, so man. so 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 you know i want to tell a story because it relates to goals and then it ties into to something else that's super important about all this um so you know i built that house on the beach okay it took me 20 years to make that happen okay 20 years i worked for that two months after i moved in I'm floating in the pool and I now to describe this place. Okay. I had a giant waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. You had to go through the waterfall to get the pool, pools and magazines, giant spiral staircase up to the middle of the house, wine cellar, you know, uh, one, uh, uh, elevator. I mean, just the house to give you an idea of the house on the second floor, I had aquariums built around the staircase that cost me almost 200 grand. So it gives you an idea of the house. So I'm floating in the pool at night. It's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. And I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is the truth of it. I built it to prove the world. I was good enough. You know, I got picked on in school when I didn't speak English and, you know, stuff we all went through, you know, but I had something to prove and that. So I'm looking up at this thing. And, and again, this is two months after I moved in, something I worked for for 20 years. And I'm looking up at this and I got depressed. And I don't mean just a little depressed. I mean, I was really bummed. I'm like, what the hell? I've just achieved success like times a thousand. I got my beautiful family sleeping inside. I got the cars. I've got the house. I've got the jet skis, the boat, all the stuff. And when I look back on it, there were a few things happening. I just want to share with your listeners real quick because uh, it ties into this. So number one is it's never about the goals. You need the goals. You need to create that burning desire, but it's it's never about them. You know, the, they say the happiest days of a boat owner's life, the day they buy it and the day they sell it, right? It's never about the goals, but you got to have them to create that burning desire. But it's about who you become on your pursuit of those goals. And happiness doesn't come from the goals. Happiness comes from progress and growth. So, you know, like my boot camps, I teach this planning process. So you're always acknowledging your progress and growth because you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have delays. But if you're growing even a little, you're going to be happy. But the big thing was, you know, I, I was totally focused on me. Rod, rod, rod. Show the world I'm good enough. Show the world I matter. And, you know, I went out and bought some books. Um, you know, I was going to get myself back. You know, I got Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar and I got a Tony Robbins book and I started reading Tony's book and I'm like, oh man, I really like this. So I went and got, saw him live and I saw that he fed families for the holidays. And I'm like, what a concept. Do something for someone else. I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. But so I went back and I, I was going to go to Denver for my brother to see my brother for Thanksgiving. And I called him. I said, let's feed five families for Thanksgiving. And so he called his church. He got five families that really needed help. We went shopping and bought the frozen turkeys and toys for their kids and just had a blast buying the stuff. And the third family changed my life. I go up to this door and there's this woman there and, and it, it's not even, it wasn't even a one bedroom. It was a crappy one bedroom because you had to walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen. It was an old row house. And she was in there with five kids. And she came out and saw the food on the porch and the turkey and the toys. And she started crying. Her kids came out. The, the older ones started crying. And, and I, was, I started crying and I was freaking hooked. And now I'm blessed to say, you know, in the last 21 years, we fed 110,000 children here in Sarasota and Bradenton, Florida. We've wow. done ten, tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies. We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears, you know, to officers to put in their vehicles and they encounter a child that's been traumatized. Now, I'm, again, I'm not saying this to brag, but there's a message here, a really important message. And that is, you know, we've been taught, and, and this is what I thought, that you had to achieve to be happy. You know, that you, you don't, don't be happy until you've achieved. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs have that mindset. I'm going to tell you, if you are giving back in any fashion, you're happily achieving. Now, I know it's a play on words, but it's an important one. See, I had Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement 
versus the art of fulfillment. And I, I was, I'd achieved science. Achievement really is a science. Okay. I mean, if you want to learn multifamily, for God's sakes, come see me. I'll give you the map, the blueprint. You just got to go do it. Okay. But fulfillment really is an art because you have to find out what juices you. And so here's my, here's my challenge to you guys, those of you listening, is to figure that out if you don't already know it. If it's for me, it's children. It, maybe it's the elderly. Maybe it's animals. Maybe it's the environment. I don't care what it is, but do something right now towards it. Because I know, David, I'm sure you've got really young agents that have blood dripping from their teeth. They want the success so bad. But guys, listen to me when I tell you it will come faster if you're giving back as you're doing this. Don't say, I'll do it when I have money. Do it right now because you'll, you'll get the success faster. And you don't do it for that reason, but you'll also be happily achieving. And, and, and again, I had to be 40 to get that memo, but thank you for allowing me to, to, to mention that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So let's, let's pivot for a second yeah. and let's, let's talk about multifamily. I mean, yeah. I know that you've got a, a very successful podcast uh, revolving around it. I know you have um, you've authored a book, which by the way, everybody listening to this, as we always do, we've got 10 copies of Rod's book, uh, oh. how to create lifetime cash flow through multifamily properties that are available to the first 10 people who send me an email with the subject multifamily, David at Florida risk partners.com subject line multifamily. If you can't follow the instructions, probably can't read the book. So let's go ahead and follow them. Makes it real easy for me to sort and get them out to you. But we want to do that. That's uh, really nice of you, buddy. Help, Thank you. Help, That's uh, Rod, but also to uh, help some of you guys. And, and one of the reasons why I want Rod to talk about this is because we are in an industry where we can build some pretty significant wealth, both now and generational, if we have good perpetuation plans in place. But yeah. what I find from a lot of my peers is, and also in discussions with various financial planners who work specifically with insurance agents, is that we're not doing much with that wealth when we get it. We're not doing much with that money. We're not doing things to build our balance sheet and create passive income for ourselves. And we're an entrepreneurial group of people with better than average earnings, but we're not doing what we need to do to, to manage those earnings when we get them in. And so I'm always interested in other ways that we can deploy capital and make ourselves wealthier. Because at the end of the day, how fun is life if you're not playing Monopoly in real life, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I'm wired. I, I, I'm happy with what I have. I could right. stop today and be perfectly happy, but that doesn't mean that I don't want more too. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I love to talk about that. By the way, when will this episode air? And there's a reason I'm asking. Um, within the next, probably within the next four weeks. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if you're, if you really want to learn this business, I'm going to have a live boot camp in Denver, uh, July, the end of July, like the 28th. Oh yeah. You got 30th. plenty of time. Yeah. Plenty yeah. Of time. Yeah. So, so if you really want to learn this business to really invest, if you want to learn how to invest passively in real estate, get the tax benefits, you know, the returns are fantastic. Like we've got a couple of deals coming up in short order where, you know, we're targeting 10% cash on cash return yearly, uh, you know, 15 to 18% internal rate of return over the, you know, the five years that we hold it. So, you know, fantastic returns where inflation is eating away at that return, right? You know, yeah, you might be net neutral at 15 to 18%, man. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I hate to, yeah, I got to hate hearing that. But yeah, so, so, you know, um, if you are interested in, in, in inquiring into our, you know, assets, so we've got a couple of them, we're in best and final, uh, one we look really good on, one in San Antonio, one in Jacksonville, Florida, both markets are fantastic. Text the word partner 
to 72345. And um, that's a link to our portal. And, and as soon as you know we have these deals, you can look at them. But, but the point is, the beautiful thing about real estate uh, multifamily real estate is is you have the ability to invest passively in these larger apartment complexes, and you know you know most operators like ourselves we offer a preferred return so the the, the minimum return is eight percent that preferred return and then we target like I say these my minimum typically cash on cash is ten percent and these two deals look like they're going to fall easily fall into that uh, and the, that internal rate of return which includes you know the ultimate sale price of the property the you know the the repayment of the debt the, the reduction of the debt and things of that nature the cash flow uh, is in the 15 to 18 percent range which is pretty respectable and so you know uh, and that's the beautiful thing and the other thing is because we're able to accelerate the depreciation I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with cost segregation if not it's just your ability to accelerate the depreciation you know the write-offs can very often equal the investment. Yeah, which is just incredible. Okay, so uh, you know, and I will tell you the the beautiful thing. You know, there are lots of asset classes in in commercial real estate. Of course, there's office, there's retail, there's industrial, there's there's self storage, there's mobile home parks. But the reason that I picked multifamily and I love multifamily is it's so freaking resilient. Like even this COVID blip that we had, they weren't helping. You know, warehouse owners and self storage owners and and all these other asset classes. Like 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 they were offering uh, rental assistance to tenants. I mean, we got hundreds of thousands of dollars in rental assistance from some of our tenants that were impacted by COVID. That doesn't happen in other asset classes. So, so that's number one. People have to have a place to live, and the you know the the powers to be know that. But the other thing, for example, like when 089 hit, um, you know, I got clobbered, like like I told you, but I got clobbered because I was in single family. It was the reason I started my podcast. I had 800 single family houses, and that's why I had my lunch given to me. But And I had some apartment complexes, which did just fine through the crash. If I hadn't cross-collateralized those complexes with packages of houses, I'd still own them, okay? Because they pulled back about 11%, but they would have easily survived. So it's much more resilient because um, I think nationally they pull back around 11% as well. But the other thing is within two and a half to three years, the rents after the crash, two and a half to three years after the crash, the rents exceeded pre-crash levels. That's how fast it bounced back too. So it's an incredible asset class, uh, which is well, you know, why I sing it from the rooftops. But um, you know, like I said, if you are interested in the business at all and you're thinking you might want to invest passively, for God's sakes, come to my boot camp because then you'll really, you know, why would you give your hard-earned money to someone unless you fully understand it? Uh, and so, um, you know, that's a great way to do that. And if you don't want to go to that length, then, you know, you can listen to my podcast as well. Um, but um, like I said, if you, if you want to, you know, inquire into our deals, um, text the word partner to 72345 and we'll tell you about them when they come available. Um, and uh, I'm extremely conservative. Uh, you know, um, most of the time when these deals are done, you know, you're going to have a split between the general partners, which would be us, and the limited partners, which would be you putting money in. And very often that splits like 70, 30 or 80, 20 in the favor of the limited partners. But it's that it's it's that that disparity is because the deals aren't that you know as strong. We're able to do 50-50 because the deals are so freaking strong because we kiss about 300 frogs to find one. You know, and and I've I'm in a kind of the catbird seat that I've got, you know, about a thousand students around the country um, that send me deals. So I'm in a really kind of a coveted spot here is, you know, I see a lot of deals. My team does, but, uh, but it's a fantastic asset class. I'm happy to answer some questions if you got David, but uh, you know, I live, eat and breathe multifamily all day long and because I love it so much. 
Yeah. I mean, how hard is it for somebody to get started? I think that's probably the first question. I mean, what, what do they need? What, what type of, of disposable capital should they have to start going down this road? It can be as little as 25,000. Most, you know, our minimum is typically around a hundred thousand, but we've, we've cut that in half sometimes. Um, But you know, there are operators that'll take as little as 10,000, you know, but, but uh, you know, we'd prefer to have fewer and, you know, not have to deal with that many people if we can help it. But uh, you know, like on our last deal, we raised about 13 million and we had, uh, by the way, about 10% of that we had, out of, you know, the general partners had in the deal. We had our own skin in the game um, and we always do by the way. Um, but uh, again, we're super conservative. Um, you may hear, you, you may see operators out there that'll tell you they can do better returns than that. I, we're super conservative and we like to underpromise and overdeliver as well. And so, uh, you know, just be careful with that as well. In fact, I've got a free resource that I'll give you listeners if they really want to invest. It's the questions you should ask a general partner before you get into syndication. And if you text GP questions to 72345, I'll give you this list of questions so that you ask them. So you got the questions memorized at this stage, man. You don't need the book. Right. Well, I don't, but but the but the book is there, you know, to offer as a free resource if anybody is interested in this and doesn't want to come to my boot camp or listen, suffer through my podcast, you know. So uh it's uh it's pretty comprehensive. So you ask the right questions. So you're really digging in to to the operator, their experience and and how they plan to run the deal and so on and so forth. So the way that I understand what I just heard, and I could be completely off base, but you know, this is almost like an, and I know it's not a fund, but almost like an investment fund that multiple people are seeding money into, and then you're going out and doing the deal. So it's fractional ownership, right? You own, you you know, you're, you're buying it at whatever level you're able to afford. And then you're, ownership stake in the deal is that percentage, right? That's exactly correct. And 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 our business model and some operators will return the money and then they're the the operate then the investors are out of the deal. In our model, uh what what we do is we buy the asset, then we build the value up. And and by the way, the beautiful thing about commercial real estate is you're able to build the value by increasing the net income. The net income is what drives the value in a commercial property. And you know, I could give you some extreme examples of that, but uh, you know, we're 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 able to raise the value. We got an asset, for example, we've owned for two two and a half years in Louisiana, bought for sixteen and a half. We've got it under contract for twenty eight right now. Okay, give you an idea of how 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 much you can ramp the value. But so the but that one we're selling just because I want to get any any market that looks a little shaky for me, we get out of. We had one in Lexington, we got out of too. But uh, um, but but um, the point is. Um, the way we do it is we'll refinance once we get that value up, get our investors their money back, all or most of it, and then they're in the deal and the returns are infinity. They stay in the deal for the same percentages. And that's really attractive because, you know, that's the name of my podcast is Lifetime Cashflow. Uh, and that's really what we're trying to create or creating. That's what we are creating. And, and by the way, if you have an interest in this business, um, my website's got tons of information on it. It's Real Estate with Rod. So I know it's a long domain, but my my name, Rod Cleef, nobody can spell it. So real estate with Rod, <laughs> if you go there, they've got videos and articles and books and all sorts of stuff that's free. So you can dig into this if you have an interest, you know. Good deal. What, what have we missed, man? What what questions should oh, I be man. asking you? I mean, listen, listen, we could, we could spend another hour on mindset. It's a topic that I freaking love. You know, I, I just, there's so many pieces to it. Your peer group, your focus, your energy, um, you know, your courage and, and just pieces like that. But uh, 
No, maybe another time, but uh, you know, and and multifamily real estate's got so much nuance of you know building a team. I mean, if you're thinking about actually doing it actively, you know, building a team, finding deals, financing those deals, syndicating them, uh, doing the due diligence on them, managing them. I mean, we could go as deep as you wanted to go, but but uh, I think it's a great overview for your listener base, which is you know, which is agents and brokers, uh, because. You know, if you have disposable income and it's in the bank, like I've got, I'm, I'm in a lot of cash right now. It's killing me. You know, I want to get it placed in these two deals because it's killing me that with inflation. But, you know, it, it's uh, it's just a safe. I can say that uh, honestly, it's a safe, um, lucrative investment. It just is, and and you can't you can't say that about the stock market or even you know. With with COVID, office got killed, retail got killed. You know, we just I was just down on Lincoln Road in South Beach in May. It was horrible to see 30, 40% of the businesses and restaurants had closed. And this is recently, uh, is still, they're still closed. It's just terrible. Mm. So, you know, but multifamily, it's 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 strong. So it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. That and too. you know, continuing to be built too, in addition to existing properties. Well, listen, man, we'll go ahead and wrap up. I, I appreciate yeah. you coming on. I, th- I do think that was a good overview, but I also am smart enough to know I don't need to recreate or attempt to recreate the wheel on a single podcast when you've got lifetime cash flow through real estate investing, ma- major podcast, and you've got the supporting book. You've offered several resources that I hope that everyone will take advantage of. If nothing else, go to realestatewithrod.com and find out what this guy's got in his website, people. You know, know, we had Brian Will on the podcast, wrote the book, The Dropout Multimillionaire. And what what Brian said, and it's something that I've, I've thought about a lot since he was the guest, and that is, you know, two things. Number one, Somebody like you, Rod, is what we call the 20-year overnight success story, right? <laughs> because it's not like you just, it happened. You you did the things you needed to do. And, and one thing I would challenge everybody to do that Rod had said that he did himself, does himself. It's something that I personally do. And it's something that I think nearly every successful person I've ever talked to does. And that is you start with the end in mind and you work back to your daily behaviors and then you execute those to get there. When Rod was talking about all of the things that he visualizes and how specific he gets, he's starting with the end in mind. If that is the re- if the end is the reward and you're visualizing the reward, whether that be monetary, material, whatever it is, start there and work your way back. But the second thing that Brian said was, if you want to get advice on how to be a millionaire, you don't go get advice from a billionaire, right? They just don't think the same way. And so if you want, my point to that is this, if you want to be successful in multifamily real estate investing and developing a passive income around that, Roger guy. He's already been there, done that. He's laid out the blueprint. He's sharing with people. He's got resources on his website, doing live boot camps. Don't worry about the person on the infomercial who tells you they've done billions and billions of dollars worth of deals because A, they're either embellishing or they're just going to be so disconnected from where you are and where you want to get that the advice just really isn't valid. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I will look you up if I'm going to be in Sarasota, not in a Good. swimsuit on a beach and would love to, uh, you know, grab some lunch or whatever and nice. and talk more about it because I'm at the stage in, in my career where, 
you know, I do a lot of angel investing, but typically it's inside of very volatile and sure tech products. And I'm willing to get in extremely early and bet on the um, overall reward because it's been a very hot segment that I need with four kids and a wife and an agency that I don't plan on running forever. I need to start building the base for having that passive revenue from other things. So I would absolutely love to yeah, entertain. Sounds good. So. Sounds I look forward to it, my friend. And thank you for having me on. And thank you for the kind words. And and uh, hopefully we, we added some value today. Yes, sir. You absolutely did. No doubt about that. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.